Oh yeah, you know what it is. It's the self-medicated podcast. We're gonna go ahead and knock out our housekeeping items before we get into the episode. So make sure you go follow us on Instagram at the self-med pod. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening to this at, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Podcasts, Alexa. Uh, I think I got everything this time, except for title until we on title. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. yeah, make sure you go check us out. Uh, leave a review wherever you're listening to this, and most importantly, share, 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 share. If you know somebody that might enjoy one of the clips or something that we talk about in the podcast, make sure you share it with them. Let's grow this, grow this self med pod community on out. Um, make sure you go check out our over the counter episodes. Those come out every single Friday. Uh, we pick a topic on those in, uh, episodes, introduced by um, one of our listeners. Um, and y'all can directly engage with these episodes, too. So y'all can call in. Y'all can ask for advice. Um, anything you need, if you need to stay anonymous, just let us know. Uh, I have to continue to give this reminder that we will not record you live. <laughs> um, but we'll figure out a time for you to uh, be able to yeah. contribute. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you check out the over-the-counter episodes and hit us up in the DMs if you're trying to take a part. And then this week's organic shout-out, this one is a special one. Um, okay. This one it goes out to Ace. Uh Producer, artist, writer of all sorts. Also, this is the homie. Uh, three P suit on on Instagram. It's the number three PC underscore suit. Uh, but yeah, Ace did the Ace did the intro beat for this podcast. Mm. Um, his album is out on iTunes right now. Motor City Circus. I'm actually on one of those tracks on that album. Bassheads, go uh, check that out. Look at this nigga doing. Like, uh, Cross promotion. Promo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Ace is also one of the one of the groomsmen. The other. Best man, actually. Yeah. So, uh, big shout out to Ace, man. He has uh, some big things coming, and, and congrats to you again, brother. Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast for October 12th. We just said it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you already know what it is. I'm your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. These are facts. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, <laughs> a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, a.k.a. The Bottom Feeder. A.k.a. Gonna Make Troy's New, a.k.a. Very soon. <laughs> um, I'm actually excited for my new AKA. Yeah, see how long a, that lasts. There's a couple of AKA or like old AKAs that I dropped off that yeah. I didn't right. realize that I dropped off. Uh, yeah. What was the, what was the one that I liked a lot? I don't even think I kept it. Yeah, I was gonna say you mustn't like it too much. <laughs> I probably <laughs> didn't make the cut. Um, but yeah, man, how's your week been? What you been up to? It was a good week, man. Um. <laughs> I was initially supposed to take a couple of days off of work last week because of uh, my birthday. Mm-hmm. And these niggas were, like, trying to get me to work those two days I was going to take off. I only took off one of them. But um, my birthday was nice, man. I got some food, chill, binge watch the show. Damn, did uh, I even wish you happy birthday? Nah, man. Niggas is disrespectful. That's why my I apologies. can't take it easy on you with this AKA now. My apologies. Well, no, I, I didn't playing. expect you to take it easy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to take it easy with that. Uh, easy I anyway. wasn't. <laughs> I'm just talking shit. <laughs> um, so you are what? 
38 now, 39, least, something like, like that. Yeah, you right behind me at 36, brother. <laughs> no, no. <not laughs> if I'm 38, you're 36. <laughs> so one of the things I like to ask people who have birthdays um, is what is the biggest thing you've learned since your last birthday? One thing. It's funny because I, I came up with that question. Um, Did you? Yeah, yeah. It was me. It was a Justin Hawkins original. Been asking him for five years. Ask your mama. I might have beat <laughs> on that actually. Five years. That's kind of short. <laughs> so, um, to me, I would say the theme of the last year for me is um, patience. Mm. Right. I um, I think like most people, sometimes we want things to happen faster than what they should. Sometimes we'll force it, or sometimes when we're not forcing my stress out about it mm-hmm. not happening sooner or when we want it to happen. So I feel like I've become better at just kind of letting back and letting things happen and come to me, especially when it comes to um, um, accomplishing goals and some of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I realize that sometimes it's maybe best that it doesn't happen right away. You might need to learn another lesson or you might get a better opportunity. So just kind of take things as they come because you can't force them. That shit, that might be... It might apply to you. <laughs> yeah. And that might just apply to 2020 in general, too, because yeah, there's a true. lot of shit that... A lot of plans got fucked up. Yeah, you just can't control. And just mm-hmm. understanding what you can't control and focusing on those things and whatever else happens, happens. It's supposed to happen that way, so... Yep. Um, that's a really good lesson. Mm. A little generic, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Sometimes you need to hear those types of generic lessons because you forget about them or, you know, you get caught in it. Or they get recontextualized. Like, yeah. they, they add, like, a, a extra layer of mm. meaning gets added to it. True. That yeah. makes sense. True. I can feel you on that. My week, uh, the wedding planning has ramped back up, which means <laughs> that the stress levels have ramped back up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. I think that uh, COVID is a wild thing, man. COVID is throwing off all kinds of plans. It's been ruining... The first plan that COVID ruined of mine was my birthday. Mm. And everything got shut down literally the week before my birthday. So it was like I was literally holding out hope all the way up until (laughs) then. And since then, it's just been Mm. hopeless. Um, And and it's starting to have implications uh, around the conversations about the wedding, too. So that shit is stressful. It's not the greatest fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we shall pass. We shall, we shall, we shall. Um, yeah, the biggest news of the week, the most important thing. Uh, I don't think a second sh- more should go pa- go by on this podcast before we acknowledge the world <laughs> champs. Your Los Angeles Lakers are once again the world champions of the world. World champions of the world. Of the whole world. We are the champions. The Clippers are still the losers. (laughs) Nah, man. Shout out to the Lakers getting that 17th chip. Yes, sir. Big ring status in in pretty pretty easy fashion. They handled it. uh, I don't think they had too many problems. Do you? Nah. Uh, Jimmy, you know, he tried to make it last a little bit longer than what it should have. You know, he had a couple gems in there. But at the end, the Lakers was just too much, man. Oh, shit. Now I have to ask a question. Uh-oh. So, Allen Iverson uh-huh. earned his team one win in a sweep, right? Yep. And, you know, according to all experts, 
the mm. Sixers should have got swept in that series, and it was just purely should have the will and skill of Allen Iverson that eked them out one game. Right? I was I remember uh, <laughs> I remember that game very vividly because that's the um, day I graduated uh, high school. Ah, not high school. I'm sorry. Uh, I I think I was going to high school. My bad. So junior high. Grade, yeah. Know. So we went to go get pizza at Giordano's in the suburb somewhere, me and Joseph. And that game was on the TV. And I remember watching it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, man, I was really upset because, like like you said, everybody thought the Lakers were going to sweep them. And, you know, like Kobe and Shaq, mm-hmm. far superior team than, was it like Iggy, Eric Snow, and fucking <laughs> another nigga I don't remember, uh, AI. Who was their big man? Uh, it might have been Mutombo. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I washed my tumbo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, I definitely remember that. Yeah, that, that win was surprising, but that just kind of showed the heart of AI. So, with that being said, does Jimmy Butler have a bigger heart than Allen Iverson? What? Because he won one more game? Well, he won two games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... He carried his team through the playoffs, yeah. through the whole season. Um, battled LeBron, bested LeBron more than once. True, LeBron um, and AD. Yeah, um, which I guess can kind of be considered like a Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, modern day. Um, that's a tough one. That's really tough because I feel like they have heart for different reasons, right? Hmm. AI was always like the underdog. He was a small guy on the court. Wait, I have to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. He was never an underdog. He was the smallest guy on the court, but everybody knew what time it was when he stepped right, up. Right, but I mean like. Just like the football field, mm-hmm. too. Remember, he was better at football than he was at, right. at basketball. But everybody <clears> knew what time it was. He wasn't underrated. He was widely recruited. He I didn't say he was kid. underrated. I said he was an underdog, which is different, right? So, like, going into that series, nobody thought, like, they were going to win. You're the underdog right. when people don't think you're going to win, but right. they might be rooting for you, right? Right, 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 true. He was the people's champ, but not the actual champ. Got you. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think this is the same thing with Jimmy Butler, but I think because of that, as far as AI, he had heart for a different reason. He, I think he was kind of felt like he needed to prove himself against the doubters and just this David versus Goliath type of situation he had going on. Hmm. I feel like with Jimmy – his heart is a little bit different. His heart is more based on team teamwork. Like he needs a cast around him to support him, for him to perform and optimize his best. Because if you look at all the places he went, he didn't have these pieces where all the guys worked as hard as him, mm. or he felt like they sh- did didn't or they should have. Or they should have. Like so, once he got to the team where he had a bunch of underdogs like Tyler Hero, nobody thought he was going to be like balling out when you, you know from his draft class. You got um, Duncan uh, Robinson, who came from a, a D3 school mm-hmm. and got on to Michigan and didn't even plan on playing professionally. You know, so I think he needs that group team aspect to make him feel like he can perform at his best. But I I guess I'm still going to just go with AI as far as heart because I think his obstacles were far as greater because he didn't have that same supporting cast that – Jimmy Butler has that's an interesting answer because I feel like you narrowed it down based on the series performances mm-hmm. and I think I'm extrapolating it out to career got you 
So I would say that actually Jimmy Butler um, has had more to prove throughout his career than AI. Mm. I feel like Jimmy Butler wasn't drafted, right? Like <laughs> people were not fucking with Jimmy Butler at all until he kind of got to the league and forced it. Other thing about Jimmy Butler is every team that he's ever been on got better when he got there and got worse when he left. That's a fact. Um, and I think that uh, that that you, you you made an interesting point, uh, but I would almost take it from a different viewpoint where, mm. yeah, Jimmy um, kind of expects and, like, needs an environment where other people work hard like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think he elevates his team to yeah. perform it. And I don't know. This is as far, far as he's elevated the team, so I think. Sure. But this is also the yeah. first time he felt like he had mm, exactly. <laughs> the right cast around exactly. him, too. So, um, I don't know. I think it's very, very interesting. I mean, it's very obvious Allen Iverson is just a more skilled basketball player, which is why I intentionally asked about Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think AI is more skilled than Jimmy? AI's game was one-dimensional, though, because of his physical – so he couldn't he play couldn't, defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jimmy Butler is like known as a two way player. Right. He, um, Jimmy Butler came in as a defensive player, actually. That's true. And got better offensively. But there's levels to this, right? Yeah, like, like you could be yeah. Allen Iverson I mean, yeah. level scorer. Allen Iverson is a tier one scorer. <laughs> yeah, you could. You Jimmy could Butler offset. might be three, three or four, the, if that. Yeah. Um, like yeah, Tyler Hero can score more than Jimmy Butler. If, but if Jimmy Butler wants to, though, he could turn it on. I don't know if Tyler Hero has that type of switch. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to argue about the offensive. <laughs> That's a wild uh, argument anyways. Yeah, right. Tyler Hero. I saw somebody say uh, Duncan Robinson is a better uh, role player, open shooter than Klay Thompson. That's wild. I was like, you niggas are smoking. That is, yeah. <laughs> smoking some other shit. Um, that would be the tears argument again, right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a big shout out to big shout out to the Heat. They fought valiantly. They were just overmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll all they're going to be good for a little while because they're in the East, so they have mm-hmm. no choice. And they got a young team. So. Got a young team. Jimmy's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Spo's not going anywhere. Pat Riley's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. So they're they're going to be they're locked set in for a minute. Yeah. Um, I think their only competition for the foreseeable future is Brooklyn. And uh, I think that's still a year or two away from being true. some serious competition. And I know that this still talks about a star going to Miami. So who knows? Giannis. Yeah, I mean, it's Joel and B. It's been talked about a lot of people. They wouldn't eat. That would be interesting. Joel and Bam and Jimmy. Hmm. But yeah, um, so they might get even better. Yeah. So we'll see after this um, summer. Well, I don't even know how the fuck the season's working. I think, out the, I think they're about to do the draft <laughs> soon. Okay. I think, yeah. and then they're gonna. Then it'll be free agency. Crazy. Okay, so yeah, so we'll 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 find out some certain things here soon, uh, but yeah, man, the Lakers. I think um, is what a journey it has been for the Lakers this year. <laughs> the last few years, man, from yeah. from from Magic Johnson to signing LeBron to failing to sign Paul George or Kawhi to getting yeah. AD, not even making it to the playoffs, not even making it to the playoffs last year. That nigga LeBron was hurt. Like <laughs> it, it's been it's been a nice little journey. Um, very excited and happy that the Lakers are back where they belong on top mm. of the league. Um, I'm also <laughs> excited that this doesn't seem to be 
like an anomaly. They seem to have a really good, um, not, not, I wouldn't necessarily say a core of players, but a core of um, culture, if mm. that makes sense. Okay. Right? Like the people who performed and showed up in these playoffs, I think, contribute to this kind of culture that I think is being built in L.A. Mm. Um, or rebuilt in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking of folks like KCP, Caruso, Rondo, these kind of like under the radar, maybe yeah. not Rondo, but like under the radar, <laughs> solid performers, maybe yeah. not elite or anything like that. They're going to have their off days, but they're solid yeah. and they work hard and their effort and defense. Mm. Those are all, I think, cultural things that I think we'll be able to translate over, even if we lose, like, a Danny Green or I, I think we got a bunch of people. Green. Man. <laughs> so I got love for Danny Green. He went to North Carolina. So, like, I, okay. fuck, I fucks with the kid. Okay. Um, but he was way too open not to make that yeah, show. He was so fucking open. That Top of the key three? That <laughs> I make those in 2K with my eyes closed. But <laughs> real life is not a video game. He also didn't deserve those threat, death threats either. That, he was that a death threat. Yeah. <laughs> Him and That's his wild. fiance. That's wild. Yeah, that wasn't necessary. That, That's that a bit much. The, so my thing is with, with the Lakers, I've, I've always been a Lakers fan. Um, I've actually liked all winners, franchises that are winners. We know. We know. Um, but the Lakers, uh, I've always loved the Lakers. And I went through um, – an internal conflict when LeBron got signed. Cause I'm not the biggest LeBron, the basketball player fan. Mm. And I felt like the hype train that comes with LeBron would not contribute to turning the culture around in LA as necessary mm. into the kind of consistent winning excellence that I've been used to out of this organization. <laughs> And I felt like uh, that LeBron was not the answer to that. Okay. And I think throughout this season and throughout these playoffs, I, in various different moments, have been confirmed in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But also, what is undeniable, and this is what I've also said, that LeBron legitimately earned. You can't. I can no longer, at least publicly, talk shit about LeBron and his game if he gets a ring with LA. Yeah. And he did it. The first time that he was able to play, yeah, true. and I gotta get some. I gotta give credit where credit is due. That's pretty fucking amazing. Did it with three teams, three different teams, four four Finals MVPs. Mm. He's a, he's the MVP every time his team wins, right? True. Some most of the time he's the MVP on the court, even when they don't win. He should have got the MVP true. for the year. Yeah. What series was that? Was it the Spurs? Where like I was like, this nigga deserves an MVP. The he, finals. Yeah, he's um he's he's pretty good at basketball. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, this Laker fan will no longer publicly denigrate LeBron James. Privately, I'm gonna continue to talk shit and make my points. <laughs> um but what this brought up is the conversation about LeBron being the GOAT. Mm-hmm. I think there's other comparisons to that that are being made to like Michael Jordan, which I just personally don't think are fair. Mm. Um, but what I do think is fair is to talk about who's the greatest of all time. Now to me, oh boy. the greatest of all time is a mixture of winning and their skill and ability and, mm. and what they did. Right. So it's not solely weighted on any one factor. Right. Yeah. So like Jordan's six rings 
is weighted a certain way, but then his talent and his ability to play mm-hmm. um, offense and defense, you know what I'm saying? All of those other things contribute to that and add on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the skill set of LeBron James, his ability to pass, rebound, um, be a floor general, and then obviously score, yeah. I think his total skill set is pretty much the complete package. Mm-hmm. I think that there's two areas where he's severely lacking and it and it hurts it hurts his argument a lot. Yeah. His free throws, mm-hmm. especially clutch free throws, and defense. He's one of the laziest defensive players with that much talent I've ever seen in my life. He should be competing with Giannis and them for defensive player of the year every single year. Now that is a funny argument to make well the thing is he takes on so much responsibility on the offensive end yeah. that like he expends a lot of energy i get that and but also he's notorious for like game winning blocks or game changing blocks not on one-on-one defense though doesn't matter. chase down it, it, it matters to a certain extent because these are like draymond isn't known for one-on-one defense but his defense affects the game because he's able to defend all the positions and you know, shut down certain players. But I also think that that is a system, uh, a symptom of their system, mm-hmm. right? That allows them to be in position to to make those. That's a chase down box, though. <laughs> Are you talking about Draymond? Yeah, I'm talking about Draymond. Yeah. Okay. With, with LeBron, I think a lot of his defensive prowess comes from being opportunistic and not necessarily, like, locking in and focusing on his matchup defensively. Does that make sense? Like, he should be guarding the best player on everybody's team the entire game. Um, Kawhi does it. Let's see where that's gotten him. Got him a ring last year. What are you talking about? Got two rings. Um, He didn't – I don't feel like he did that last series, though, did he? I don't think it's necessary. Only few players are able to do that. Like, Jordan didn't even do that. Hmm? Scotty Pippen. Jordan is a five-time defensive I know, but player I'm saying of the he year. Didn't lock down the best player on teams. I'm saying Scotty Pippen did that. All right. So who's a better defensive player, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? To be honest with you, I don't care. <laughs> I, I think it's that's a not, relevant this point. Is not my, this is not my criteria, so that's why it doesn't. Okay, so just take it as a random question. Yeah. If uh, if. What's the name from next door? Just ask you. <laughs> hey, is, <laughs> who's a better defensive player? Hey, my my uh, my nephew was having this argument on TikTok my the nephew. other day. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a hypothetical. Oh, I thought you was doing. You talking about some nonsense? We got this. <laughs> hey. Showtime, back we lit. About to win the chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you be a Laker hater. Shots we take your switch. Don't you be a Laker hater. Shots we take your switch. Don't you be a Laker hater. Shots we take your switch. Showtime bad we lit. Yeah. About to win the chip. Yeah. Don't you be a Laker hater. Shots we take your switch. Don't you be a. Did you add that to the self med playlist? <laughs> <I should. laughs> you definitely should. I will. I will. Um, let's see. So a random person, let's just say okay. a random person asks okay. you, "Hey, I'm 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 question for you, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, <laughs> who is a better defensive player in your opinion, LeBron James or Michael Jordan?" Um, and this is in passing, so you kind of got to give a one word answer without explanation, and just keep going. Who <laughs> who would you like? 
okay. say without the opportunity to explain. I don't like this situation where I can't explain myself. No. All right, I'm going to expect you to answer without explaining yourself. Yep. Too. Um, LeBron James. Yeah, I would say Jordan. Mm-hmm. I would say no, LeBron. Don't, 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 don't explain yourself. Oh, okay. We can just move <laughs> on then. <laughs> we can just We're not explaining ourselves. I just wanted to, to get the straight answer out of you. Now uh, you can explain no, yourself no, why, no, you, why you can say that. No, we'll let the fans decide. Let's let the fans decide. Because, <laughs> like, subjects to me are just, like, never going to be resolved. So I always tend to judge yeah. players, like, their greatness, my errors. So, like, because the circumstances of when players are playing and how they're playing, like, the system setting, the yep. types of defenses, the Competition is always going to be different decade to decade, so I usually do it by errors. Okay. So, um, like, the 80s, it was like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, 90s, Jordan, 2000s, Kobe, 2010s, LeBron, 2020s, LeBron right now so far. So, like, in those decades, those players have been so dominant where they've stood out head and shoulders above the rest of the competition as being the GOATs. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, of all time, arguments are never going to be resolved because of the criteria of things you can't account for. I agree with that. So I always, I would say by error, LeBron's this era was GOAT. Last era was Kobe. That one before that was Jordan. Who knows what the next era's GOAT is going to be? It's Luka. Could be. Could be. I was listening to some interview this morning. Uh, Magic Johnson was giving an interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about how the Lakers franchise is so set up for success in another dynastic run because, you know, when LeBron retires, yeah, he can just hand it off to AD. Mm-hmm. And then you can stagger because AD is uh, far enough – uh, he's younger, young enough where another five, six years of him being the dominant one, and then he they can sign somebody else for him yeah. to hand it off to. And guess they who's contract? They never did that with Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> uh, hopefully they learn. Yeah. Hopefully they learn. <laughs> but guess whose contract is up in five or six years? Uh, or I'm sorry, in like, yeah, whose contract will be up around then? I'm assuming one of them young niggas that just started. Luka Doncic. Ah. Luca, well, I'm not gonna allow <laughs> and that. And AD, no white superstars for the Lakers. Oh well, Jerry West was the last one. Yeah, that was like the 50s, 60s, <laughs> and the logo. That's a different level. That's of a super right, that's a different white white boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I actually like that point. I'm not gonna argue with you on it that. It might be Ja. Ja would be nice. The thing that makes Luca stand out is just his um, high level of. Uh, Fundamentals. I don't even know if he has IQ yet, but just his fundamentals are so solid because they make up for his lack of speed and athleticism. (laughs) Ability to jump. Like, so if Ja can get his uh, fundamentals down, he would be very scary. Do you want Zion in the Lakers uniform? Nah. Uh, Is there anybody in the league right now mm. that you, like, want in the Lakers uniform? I still want CP3 for... But I still want him. Even right now, I would still take him as like Rondo's backup, or or let Rondo be Rondo his backup. I still want CP three. Yeah, I just, that yeah. Would, that would. That's true. I think just out of knowing like what the state means to him and playing in LA, and just like the attitude and mindset. But I don't think they would probably win anything. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook in a Lakers jersey. It's um, a culture fit. Yeah. But like I said, the way his style of play doesn't necessarily 
mean they would win, but, you know, I would enjoy watching those games. My but. problem with Russ is he can't shoot. Yeah. A lot of niggas in the league can't shoot. Giannis can't shoot. This nigga won two MVPs. I think I'm th- I'm thinking of the fit for the for the Lakers system. Are you they thinking about winning shooters. or just like personality and types of players you want on your team? Because we might have a bit approaching it differently. Um, I'm thinking about winning. Yeah, I was I was thinking about personality, personality types. Wise, okay. okay. I feel if like I'm winning. I want fucking Steph or something. You know? Yeah, if we win it, I want <laughs> I want I want Clay or Bradley Bill. Yeah. Those are the two that I still have my eyes on. I know Clay just resigned, but I feel like mm-hmm. he might end up ending his career in LA on like the tail end so. of his career. But Bradley Bill, I think, should be the focus of the Lakers. Okay. That should be the next signing. Mm. Go get that man. <laughs> D at 3 and D? Mm. Come on. That would be nice. That's like an upgrade from Danny Green. Danny can go. <laughs> <laughs> Danny can go. Yeah. It's been a nice career. He got three rings with three like different teams, too. Danny so like, ain't really been balling since he left the Spurs, it seemed like. Because I remember he used to just hit all these. clutch shots for Toronto, though. All these fucking threes on the Spurs that would just piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> when they play he like used to get Ron. schemed open a lot too, though, mm. with that with that Spurs team. But he had a he had a really good playoffs with the with Toronto last year. He did. Yeah, a bunch of clutch clutch shots, and he was. But his main thing last year was defense in that playoff run. Mm. He was locking motherfuckers down. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, Danny Green had a good career. Three rings, three three different teams. Yeah, played. He played. LeBron. Oh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, LeBron, the Lakers. Um, are we repeating next year? Whoo! And who's Let's our biggest competition next year? Warriors, definitely the Warriors. We yeah. agree. We agreed on something. Yeah. Look at that. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I think Den- I think Denver is gonna be scary again. I think people forget that Denver has been top two in the West for the last three years. Mm, true. People yeah. forget that Denver is not going away. Um, but I do think Golden State is probably going to be the you gotta, class. Of you got to yeah, you got to put respect on their name. Not only that, think about it. They had a whole. They're going to have. Um, so they're going to get Steph and Clay back. Ste- Steph is already back. He's able to play. He played mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting Clay back. Uh, so you got the Splash Brothers back together. You still got Draymond, but people forget they got draft picks. Yeah. They got a lottery pick this year. I wonder if they're going to use it or just try to get it to acquire some talent. I my guess is they're gonna use it because they haven't really been drafting good lately. No, they I think the last have. good draft pick they had was also, Draymond. Yeah, but that was also when they had good draft picks. They've been and Mark Jackson. <laughs> they have been, they've been winning. Yeah, championships. No, I mean just like they haven't really seemed to pick the pick that that stood the test of time. Not even like super talented, but like just that consistent or consistent um, that role player. You know, they haven't. Because at this point, that's what they would be drafting for, right? Yeah. If sure. that, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. They don't have Iggy, so I think that's going to – unless he signs back with them. I hope not. So, I think that w- – man, that brother looked kind of crazy. <laughs> he looks so old. Bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that is definitely going to impact them, especially, like, in some of those, like, clutch moments um, when they need somebody can shoot when if they need to or hold down with defense when they need to, so – We'll see how they do without him. He's an integral piece. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Man won one of those uh, one of those finals MVPs. He won a finals MVP <laughs> when you got Clay and Steph on your team. So, you know, yeah. you tell how important he is to that team. Yes, definitely, definitely. Shout out to shout out to Iggy. He's from uh, Springfield. Yeah, I don't like that nigga. You don't like Iggy? Uh, Why? He got personal beef. 
So oh, story time. Let's go. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was really on my sneaker game, I was like a sneakerhead. I used to go to all the different stores to like. It's like a when you're in that community, you have to like be like buddy buddy with people in order to just like to get the heads up or get a chance to get some of these shoes. So mm-hmm. I was um. I was at the store called Leaders one day. It's a black-owned sneaker shop. Yeah, in Chicago for a long time. And um, I was in line to get some shirts or something. I can't remember what I got exactly. And, um, you know, I was waiting my turn in line, so I was about to walk up. And I just saw, like, a just tall motherfucker just walk on my right side and walk in front of me. And he got to the register, and he, like, shook dude's hands. Oh, what's up, Iggy? What da 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 And then this nigga just started rigging his shit up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like you just gonna cut me like I wasn't here, right? And not even acknowledge me. I was like, oh okay. Like this nigga's rude. I don't like this nigga. So you knew who it was when he walk, was walking up. There's not so many like six, eight That's niggas. <laughs> yeah, Balding. I knew exactly. I knew exactly <laughs> who he was. So I was like, ever since then, I was like, I don't like this nigga, man. Like so personal. Yeah, I felt very disrespected because. You don't just cut somebody in line like no shit didn't happen. Right. You at least say, my bad. Yeah. You at least let him get a look, <laughs> let you see his face and yeah. get a chance to be like, oh, it's Iggy, go ahead. Yeah. Right? Like, you yeah. got to do something. He, he could at least be like, I mean, you mind if I? Yeah, oh, yeah something. Cool, you Iggy, nigga. But right. just to do it, like right. I wasn't there, I, yeah, I, I wasn't fucking with that. Yeah. So I'm glad that, that nigga lost. Fuck you. That's why I got the George Jefferson, nigga. Was. Yeah. Oh shit, it's real smoke for this. Funny is, I, know, uh, uh, I, I know some people in Springfield that uh that are familiar with Iggy and there's very mixed reviews mm. actually on mm. on him. Um what's funny is I used to hang out with his uh his younger brother, his half brother Conrad. That's an uh, name for a black man. Yeah. That's this like thing one of them slave is. names. Yeah, this nigga. Hey, shout out to Conrad, bro. This is one of the most interesting niggas I've ever met in my life. I hope he's doing well, man. I hope everything is going well for that brother. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So I guess it's fuck Iggy. His younger brother, you said? Yeah. Okay. His younger half brother. He probably good. He probably in Miami. No. The ball. No. He's not. Why? I'm not going to expose their family business on this okay. podcast. We can okay. talk about it off air. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Shout out! Shout out to them. <laughs> Let's move on. Another big thing that happened this week was the vice president debates. Did you tune into those? I'm or uh, that, I guess. <laughs> into that. I tried to watch it afterwards because I wasn't able to watch it live. Mm-hmm. That shit was boring. Like, it was a typical debate, which, you know, people expect, but I didn't feel like they really were touching on anything of significance. And if they did touch on it, they were like, either deflecting or indirectly answering the question. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like I didn't gain much from watching, I think, the 30 or 40 minutes of it that I watched. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this one was definitely a more traditional debate. It was, I guess, in the vein of what people have come to expect out of, like, uh, political debates. Mm-hmm. But to me, you just made a really good point that that shit is fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see... A typical debate. <laughs> you can't do it now. It's like, like the expectations have changed, and the um, politicians have not realized that, so they keep trying to do the same old shit they've been doing with no, like, effect. For the, It doesn't affect the people that are younger and are going to potentially be your new voter base. They keep 
doing shit the same way just out of tradition. Like, Trump changed all of that shit, so, like, they should have at least learned. But they're not, I don't know, they're, they're like, so behind. They are. Politics is, is behind in general. Yeah. The problem here is that uh, I think that, you know, it's the same concept of this younger generation that are coming up into these leadership positions where, like, the older folks who have been holding these are, like, dying off or retiring. Mm. And the value systems are starting to change. So, like, the older generation value things like presentability, mm. dress code, mm-hmm. right? How, what people think of you, the perception that yeah. you give off. Yep. Nowadays, people give a fuck about your output, right? Yep. Like, they care about your ability to get mm-hmm. the job done. I don't give a fuck if you got pink hair and face tats. But if you could come through on this deliverable, then I could fuck with you. And so the values. Shout out to Lil Pump. Yeah. The, va- <laughs> the value system is starting to change. Yeah. And I think that um, the way that folks interact with politics is changing in the very same way, except for the barrier to entry to politics has still been reserved for mm. the elites. True. Right? Like the yeah, folks who have point. access to that shit. AOC is one of the first people who kind of broke that barrier. Mm. She was a bartender and was like, fuck this, I'm running for office. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, even young politicians have some sort of indoctrination into a system that brought them onto that. So they still are carrying on some of those traditions uh, to a certain extent. I know a lot of young politicians who just don't give a fuck about that type of shit, but they still subscribe to, to it part. because they have yeah. to play that part, right? Yeah. But I do think it's a changing of the guard that's happening where, fam, if you're not creating no memeable moments, I don't <laughs> give a fuck what your policies are. Like, yeah. for real. If, yeah. you can't, if you can't present your policy as a bar... Mm-hmm. then this younger generation is not going to be galvanized to you just because mm-hmm. you sound smart. You got to have something to retweet. Exactly. You're going to have to come <laughs> with some shit that can go viral, right? Like mm-hmm. something that these young people can get behind and say, I fuck with that. Yeah. Because the days of fucking with people as politicians uh, in the same way as like celebrities and fucking with the person rather than what they're doing in the office is over. Mm. That shit is dead. If you're not doing nothing to help us, even if we voted you in, I think this younger generation is not just finna, like, we're not just finna rock with Obama because he was black, right? It's yeah. gonna be like a nigga. What did you do here? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that. That is another culture shift that's changing. I think it's changing for the better, but we're gonna have some growing pains as we grow into that. True. Um, so my feedback about the debate was it did it. It was kind of like the opposite of the first one, where the first <laughs> one where. Uh, I think my comment was, you know, folks who were in support of Joe Biden after that debate was a little less supportive of him or felt uh, a little turned off by him. Folks who were in support of Trump were a little bit turned off by Trump. But this one just reinforced everything. Right. Everybody who was for the Democrats and Biden and Kamala were uh, reinforced and like solidified in that folks who were for. uh, What's that nigga name? Pence. (laughs) He um, flyboy. They he. (laughs) They just like, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. So I don't think any ground was yeah. made. I don't think any, you know, that's uh, how you, undecided voters were swayed with this. Plus, that's how you know the debate was trash. The biggest thing about the debate was a fucking fly. Yeah, a fucking fly. Man. A fly. <laughs> but that was the memeable moment. If it was another meme, if somebody had some bars, I bet you that that's fly would have been a secondary meme. Yeah. Nobody had no kind yeah, of bars. That, that's trash. <laughs> um, I was actually disappointed that Kamala played so nice, bro. 
Mm-hmm. And I know she's been getting a lot of flack for like her facial expressions and being all of that. It's all bullshit, mm-hmm. obviously. But I feel like she should have gone harder on his eyes because she. It was so many times we all know that uh, that chuckle, right? <laughs> when you when somebody making a point and you start laughing and taking notes, especially a prosecutor. I don't know how many of our listeners have been in court and had to argue well, some both shit. Lawyers, so. yeah. But when I don't think my pencil's a prosecutor though. Yeah. He, I think he was a regular attorney. Mm-hmm. But when a prosecutor is listening. And it starts laughing or giggling and takes a note down. That's not good. So I was expecting <laughs> I was expecting her to come up with some bars for that. Yeah. And I think you know what my viewpoint was that she was trying to um, simplify her arguments for more central people, mm. whereas she could have leaned in to like the far left side and just destroyed Pence. Yeah, but. She she couldn't right. She was a little handcuffed in that sense. I thought she was trying to not fall into the trope of um, the angry black woman. That too, and somehow she still got that. Trope yeah, like that's the thing about that trope is or the stereotype. No matter what you do, you're still going to be labeled it. So you might as well just go all in. Yep, lean into it. Yeah, lean into it. Those would have made those uh, memorable moments. Exactly. She had some like the kind of the, you know the faces and all of that. But if she had the point where she made some points and Came off with that memorable moment. I feel like those would have st- stuck harder than just their faces, which definitely had nothing to do about the content of what she was saying. So we're less than a month away from yep. the election. Um, do you, do you want to make predictions on the election? Uh, it don't really matter to me, but uh, sure. I say Kanye is going to win. Kanye in twenty twenty. You see his uh, campaign commercial. Wait, there's a commercial now? You didn't see that? I saw it today. No, I didn't. I don't know how fresh it is. I saw it today on Instagram. Oh, no, I, I, I couldn't watch it. the whole thing because it was terrible. It was that bad. It wasn't like low budget looking. It was just like, it seemed like it was a late night commercial for like church or something. Nice. So it had those kind of vibes. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Um, I think that Biden is going to win, mm-hmm. but I think that Trump is not leaving. Really? Yeah. See, those things only work, I feel like, when you have the military behind you. And he don't got the military. Nah, he be talking shit about exactly. the niggas, bro. Exactly. So I well, don't, the thing is, I don't think it's going to be a violent they're going to either help you or remove you. I think it's going to go through the legal route. Got you. So it's going <laughs> like to be a lot a, of his shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's a litigious motherfucker. So I think mm, that that's it's going to... Is gonna go that route, mm-hmm. and if nothing else, just like everything in the, else in the court system, things will just get delayed until mm-hmm. the decision's made. And I think that's all he wants. <laughs> I think he really just don't want Biden to get inaugurated in January. I think that yeah. if he is able to stop that, he wins. He's already. I guess some people are already saying he's setting the groundwork for that by um trying oh, to started this undermine years ago. democracy itself by saying like you know voter uh, sending votes in by mail don't matter. They're going to be rigged, da 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 da. So I got to like give, that. I do have to give credit to Charlemagne the God because he was the first one that I heard say that Trump ain't going nowhere. And this was like the year after he got elected. Mm. But if you look and pay attention, he's put everything into motion for him to be able to say, oh, this ain't a, a legit mm. election. And at, at minimum, delay the decision or mm. the, the whatever it is called the nomination or transition of power or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that is, it's going to be delayed. I think he's going to do his best to get delayed because I also believe that he's invested in that happening because I think he thinks he's going to jail. 
Mm. <laughs> so he's invested in trying to extend that shit, if that makes sense. Did he get um, impeached? Yeah. Yeah, he got impeached. Okay. I feel like there wasn't a lot of talk about that one. No, because they, I mean. Some other shit must have happened that he did. Some other shit happened yeah. and it went away. Because I heard people mention, I'm like, I don't even remember hearing that shit. Yeah, like, what he, the fuck he definitely got impeached, okay. but then shit come out of it. Remember, they impeached him about that, uh. The Joe Biden son shit. Oh, that's what that was. And he's still talking shit about it. Exactly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I'm hilarious. saying. This nigga, yeah. Trump, is wild. Like, yeah. literally, <laughs> fuck all of these rules and traditions, bro. I'm not <laughs> I'm not with that shit. And I admire that. I just don't admire his cause for it. Gotcha. And, and utilizing that. You got to think about America, man. And this is the thing that, <laughs> this is the thing. America is bent, uh, is built on breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. That's literally how this country exists. True. Flying in defiance of all rules set upon everyone else, right? <laughs> the true American spirit is mm. a spirit of rebellion and defiance. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's always been that way, mm. right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting how the history books look at Trump because mm. he kind of embodies that. Am- Listen, <laughs> this is a soundbite. Donald Trump embodies the American spirit. Oh, I'll use that against you. <laughs> Donald Trump embodies the American spirit. But By as long as you like understand in capitalism. Exactly. You have to understand <laughs> that the American spirit is rebellious, defiant, greedy, and finessing. Mm, true. All of those words describe our current president <laughs> to a T. Yeah, um so yeah, I don't know. It's very, very interesting. I think that uh the sooner that we, um, you know, update our political process to catch up with the social advances that our society and country have made, mm. um, I think the the more representative that politics will be. Okay. Um, and I think that's really honestly the bulk of people's beef is that you know we're 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 kind of forced into this political system where we're taught that the people that we vote for represent us and mm. all our lives the people that we voted for have not done a good job especially at representing as black people especially as black people and so yeah. at a certain point we don't give a fuck about none of that shit what are you going to do yeah right like it's it's going to become more transactional which i think that that's a great thing politics should be yeah that's how the fuck it should work yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that because I think about like the conversations I've had with our grandmother about politics where mm-hmm. like she's more about just standing along the party lines and just voting because this is what we need to do because this person's so bad or the, the, the Democrats are going to do this for us. I'm like, they ain't doing shit for us. Yeah, no. I was like, I'm looking at all my options. <laughs> Vote your interests. Yeah. That's a, I think that's going to end up being a slogan that like carries on. I mm. think it was, it was a nice little soundbite for a while, but I think that that at, at least I, ideology is yeah. going to continue to be perpetuated. The other thing is what's going to happen is we're going to have to force politicians and folks running for office to be more complex. So mm. not even more relevant, but also more complex because guess what's going to happen? You're going to have more and more and more single issue voters. Mm. And so if you True. don't yeah. have the ability to um, eloquently state your position on multiple issues, right? And figure mm. out a way to like be able to galvanize people, different people on different yeah. issues, then you're not you're not going to be successful long term. Do you think that will make 
politicians have a higher rate of being able to create change. If they have smaller like issues to resolve instead of like, I'm going to fix the economy. Just a lot of times it's broad topics. Now they don't have to be like, I'm going to fix the economy by creating more black businesses or reinvigorating these um, downridden and poor communities. Like you feel like that's going to help. I think it's going to force folks to come up with more tangible solutions mm-hmm. rather than just saying, you know, let's expand Medicaid access, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, how, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Right? Like it can't just be, you know, um, you know, we're going to ensure that, I don't know, black folks have more access to business loans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds great. But that's literally as simple as taking a benchmark from here to here. Like, mm-hmm. what are you actually systemically doing right. to change right. some shit? Okay. I think the concept of change is changing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a bar. Um, speaking of change, that's really, really dope. Killer Mike opened up a digital bank, and I think that's super duper dope. Apparently, I think they can't handle the number of applications yeah, that they're to, getting. I wanted to sign up. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is interesting because how the fuck you run out of space with a digital bank? What? I think it's like rules and regulations on how much money you could take in at a time. Ah, the first year. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So more, some more bullshit. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like <laughs> you got to prove you're not a hundred scamming niggas. So why though? Why are the rules and regulations or why do you need to prove why you're not scamming niggas? Yeah. Uh, why do Madoff? niggas have to prove that are they're you? not scamming niggas? I just meant by niggas. I meant people. I know that's what you meant, but I am. I'm using. I'm Cause taking liberty I feel with like your words. <laughs> historically, even by other black people, like they always assume when somebody's trying to do something financial within the black community, and it's a black person, people are always um, hesitant or suspicious of their um, their ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Like I know this happened with Jay Morrison and the Tulsa. Um, yep. Fun. Should it happen right now with title and Jay-Z? exactly like literally happens right it's now. It's a distrust black people have for other black people that are trying to financially improve their lives because <laughs> they're just used to white people doing it. But when white people do it, they have historically ripped us off. So I don't understand right. the uh, apprehension to help black, black people do the same thing. Um, so Greenwood uh, was created by Bounce TV founder Ryan Glover, uh, Killer Mike, um, and former Atlanta mayor Andrew Young. Hmm. Yeah, so basically they, they started a bank. Uh, the bank. The bank is launching in January. Um, they just launched their their website, and the number of applications um, is just going all over the place. That's good to hear, though, man. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. So they Niggas get out the green dot cars or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> right, now it's green wood. Exactly. Green dot to green wood. <laughs> Um, so they have a global ATM network. They got Apple and Android pay services, two-day pay advances on paychecks, um, checking the savings account, mobile deposits, peer-to-peer transfers, almost entirely online. Um, and so this is this is super dope. Obviously, Killer Mike is one of those staples in the community that always is talking about black capitalism mm-hmm. and how black folks can get ahead in this system. Mm-hmm. Um, and And... You know, he's been a very vocal champion for that. And so it's dope for his name to be attached to um, an institution as banking because yeah. those are the kind of institutions that we need the footholds in 
Um, and and so yeah, I, I think it's super dope. I think it deserves a huge shout out. Definitely. I would love to have a Killer Mike bank account mm. just to say I got a Killer Mike mm-hmm. bank account, right? Like I don't know what the interest rates are or Never any of that. Thought rap would get to this point. That's pretty man. Funny. Big said it. Yeah. Never thought the hip hop would make it this far. Like <laughs> it's got banks and shit now. Yeah. We went from popping crystal to opening banks. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's wild. And low-key in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty dope. Mm. That's pretty amazing, man. Shout out to Killer Mike. Um, in not so black excellence, your boy Tory Lanez got charged. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that I can't figure out. Which I think confirms my theory. But yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I can't figure out is he got charged with firing an unlawful or for firing an unlawful weapon and possession of an unlawful weapon. Right. He didn't get charged with shooting anyone. Because, like I said, he didn't shoot her. But I think I think that. Um, you know, certain spaces seem very. Here, let me rearrange how I'm mm-hmm. saying this. Some folks are saying that canceled. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he. Um, if. Okay, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> can Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Why please you maybe gather your this. thoughts. Say, say, so. Say this. I understand, like, within certain circles, they would say it doesn't matter what the crime was or the charges because he um, he shot at her, right? Which I agree to a certain extent. But a lot of times, especially within law, you have to look at the intent. Was his intent to harm her? Was his intent to do something else? So I don't think his intent was to harm her, which is why I think he's been so cocky. And I also don't think he shot her, which is another reason why I think he's been so cocky. That's why my theory was kind of, he didn't shoot her. He shot at her, and he just shot at the ground, and some shrap metal from the bullet or the concrete got into her feet. That's why it doesn't look like she got a toe blowed off or she right. has a significant <clears throat> bullet hole in her feet because if it did, it would look like she got shot by a BB gun or something right. based on the photos we've seen. Not to say he's what he did was justified. I'm just saying that I think the intent of what he did and what actually happened is different than what Meg um, said. So I'm conflicted here, man, because I feel part of me wants to go by the technicalities and the loopholes mm-hmm. and and all of that. Because I agree with you, based on the information that we have right now, I think it's pretty safe to say that Tori did not shoot a gun and directly hit Meg in the foot. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much all we're comfortable in saying yeah right and so legally speaking i guess there is a limit to you know his liability i think that he may just be able to be charged with having the gun and firing it yeah right the other part of me is having a really hard time understanding why you would shoot at a woman mm. right and so all of the things that I could think of that would provide some sort of logical explanation as to why you would fire your mm-hmm. gun at the feet of this woman are actually in direct contradiction. All of the reasons that I could think of where that might be potentially a thing that happens mm-hmm. are in con- direct contradiction with what Meg said happened. And mm-hmm. so what I've been led to believe is that the reason that Tory fired his gun is based on the actions of Meg. Mm. And so if those actions do not include 
the imminent threat or actual physical abuse, mm-hmm. then I can't come up with a reason why you would shoot at the ground around a woman's foot. I honestly, actually can come up with some reasons, but they're not good, right? Yeah, like they're, they're all no, suck ass no reasons. reasons. Yeah. It's no good reasons. So I'm having a hard time with like I'm conflicted with defending the fact that yeah he actually didn't shoot her. Yeah, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Do that. However, everything about the circumstances is some sucker nigga ass shit. So I Facts, also feel yeah. like I don't want to defend yeah, the, the legal part. Tough. If that makes sense. Yeah, because it's two two courts, right? Yeah, it's a court of law and a co- court of public opinion. Exactly. So, like, court of law, the, some of the things Meg said aren't adding up, but some of the things she did say are adding up. Mm-hmm. Like maybe as far as why she lied and why she got back in the car. Because mm-hmm. if she felt as if he was trying to harm her and kill her with a gun, I doubt she would have got back in the car. I doubt she would have lied to the police in the beginning. But um, I still think that he did it. So my court of public opinion is he's a terrible person. He probably He needs to do some kind of, Pendants for this, whether that be jail time or, I don't know, getting some therapy and realizing error of his ways and maybe helping other people come to this conclusion by using his star power mm-hmm. or both of those, whatever, you know, they decide to do with them. But, um, yeah, court of law is tricky, but public opinion, court of public opinion is very easy how to look at this. This is one of those situations that I'm tired of talking about until we get the full story. Like, mm. at this point, I'm tired of speculating about this shit. Mm. I have come to my conclusion that Tori's a fuck nigga. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. <laughs> and I also am scared of Meg because I don't... Uh. She is tall. I mean, no, it's not even that. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> we One of these days, we're going to talk about the big bully bitch group. <laughs> uh, but we're not going to talk about it right now. It's not the time. But, but Read the room. Yeah, the... Um, fuck, I I, I kind of lost my train of thought. But that's the thing. It's like towards a sucking nigga, and mm. I don't think, yeah, there's no coming back from that. Pretty much, like I think that reputation is pretty much ruined, unless some shit that just has not been revealed or yeah. alluded to comes out about the situation. I, that's kind of why I'm tired of talking about it. I think his like, reputation is not gonna be ruined. You think you don't think so? Uh uh-uh. Who in the industry is about to work with this man? Well, f- for instance, um, there's going to be a lot of people because music industry in general is just like opportunistic, right? He's going to turn it. That's why you have like an icon willing to work with Takashi Six Nine. You know, Icon was a, allegedly a street dude, so like, it's opportunities to be made with working with these kind of because he's a higher caliber tier artist who makes good music. That's true. And like, we were even listening to his music last week. We That's really true. thought. Before, like, he shot her. Well, I didn't because you got some about theory. But, like, we know he, we thought he did it with harm, with mal- mm-hmm. malice. So, like, even then, like, people are still listening to his music. And other artists are always going to be willing to work with him because it's not necessarily about the morals with a lot of people. It's about money. money. Yeah. I so. do think that he may not. Uh, I think his public career and success mm-hmm. is over, but he's going to still be a success. Mm-hmm. He's still going to be mean, able to make bread. He's still going to write if songs. Chris Brown can do it, he can, too. I feel like what Chris Brown did was okay. far worse. Yeah, well, because yes. the intent, like, he well, we don't, well, we don't know. Beat a woman to death. Yeah, Tori almost shot a woman to death. He didn't almost shoot nobody. Sure, he did. What if his, but what if he meant to shoot so at her feet? We're not gonna talk about what ifs. We're gonna talk about what happened. But you said almost beat her to death. So yeah. What happened was he didn't beat her to death. Right. 
she was far closer to being dead than Meg was, I guess, um, how I'm looking at it. I think that's subjective. I don't think that... Mm-hmm. I think that's subjective because you could say, well, if the bullet was four centimeters up, that could uh-huh. have ended her life. Right. What if we look at the injuries that the person sustained? I mean, that's a. I, I agree with that too. Okay. I think that's another way to look at it. But I'm saying that someone else could say, well, if you're talking about how close someone was to harm or, mm-hmm. or I guess death, mm-hmm. then you could say, an argument could be made that centimeters on a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, indicates how close someone's life. Yeah, when niggas it. start talking about ballistics and niggas are not like ballistic experts, I I, I tend not to <laughs> take those arguments sure. into account. <laughs> like, what do you know about bullets, nigga? <laughs> but like, I was just I was just thinking about the injuries that occurred and the potential for how um, those injuries affected that person. Potential. Mega made a hit song a couple weeks after her in, or a month after her injuries. Rihanna was out for a minute. What was the hit song that? Oh, WAP. Yeah. When I uh, I think they made that before that incident, but maybe it came out then. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Um. There's two more topics. Really, one topic, and it's about new music. Okay. Um, but I know you wanted to bring up a scissor topic. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. If if everybody's heard the Drake bars, I don't have them on me, but essentially um, Drake was talking about how I think he said in 2009, he used to date SZA. Right. And which I think a lot of people were shocked by because nobody knew that. Right. Cause uh, this was 2009 was probably right around with um, what's the name of that. Uh, first Drake mixtape. Comeback season. No, nah, not that one. Um, one that uh, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. The one that got him on. Oh, um, thank me. No, nah, not thank me later. Uh, it is thank me later. Thank me later. With um, best I ever had and all mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. <laughs> nah. No, is that, I don't think that's it. Almost positive. But anyways, um, we'll let Troy do the research for me. But uh, anyways, he like I said, he essentially mentioned dating SZA and. You know, they had some history, which I think a lot of people were shocked by because nobody really knew that. So far gone. Thank you. And um, nobody really knew that. And then, you know, a few days later, SZA confirmed because it was uh, Drake's verse on. 21 Savage, right? Yeah, 21 Savage album. Thank you. Mr. Right Now. Yep. And um, it made me, I was thinking, I was like, man, we know Drake loves the ladies. Um he loves beautiful women, just like me. Shout out to Drake and, you know, all of that. But then I thought about it. I was like, man, they never released a song. Then I thought, like, every woman that is a music artist that Drake likes, he has done a song with them. And it's a song either to, like, boost their career or, you know, just to have them featured on his song, right? You know, like, make one of their songs better or have him have them sing on one of his songs or do a duet or something. And I realized, I was like, hmm. Does that mean that SZA has trash vagina because she never got the Drake feature? Well, <laughs> if we look at historical context, <laughs> I mean, what summer got some good pussy? Uh, London on track keep coming back. But I was thinking more like a J Lo, um, Georgia Smith, uh, 
can't think of what else this nigga worked with. But like though, you know, you notice he's done songs with those artists and he's allegedly like been involved with those women. Those women definitely I mean, I would bet that they got some good pussy. Those two stories. Yeah. yeah. JLo got that vintage. Uh, <laughs> I want to play the at least the part of that Drake verse. Okay. Take your clothes off. I'm a sad, but I fuck it to a slow song. Said the nail lady went and did her toes wrong. Said the last man was always playing Drake songs. Yeah, cell phones out when I roll up. Yeah, the nigga had a problem till I showed up. Everybody with an app before they name tough. Yeah, more concerned with blowing up than growing up. Yeah, said she want to fuck to some sizzle weight. Cause I used to date scissor back in 08. If you cool with it, baby, she can still play. While I jump inside that box and have a field day. I'm not All right, that's enough. So um, it was 08, 08 and 09. I think SZA confirmed it was 09 because in 08 she would have been 17. I think Drake would have been 21. Uh, so she, that's, I think, mostly why she spoke on it. So Drake was like 22 and she was 18. But that wasn't, nobody looked at that controversial from what I saw. Yeah, because folks tend to ignore Because that's basically a college freshman dating a college senior. I mean, okay, you would say that. <laughs> um, but I think that looks a little different in the light of all of the grooming allegations with Drake. But, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. Whatever. I don't, I'm not invested <laughs> in that. I think the important thing, though, is you brought up a really good point. Don't Drake and Rihanna got songs together? That was who else I forgot to mention. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. We know how Drake feels about Rihanna. We do. Uh, damn near every nigga and a lot yeah, of these women. Yeah, I think we all know how we feel about Rihanna. We all know how everyone feels about Rihanna. There's no surprise there, I guess. Um, <laughs> that is very, very interesting. When you think about it, yeah, why didn't they? I wonder... So the what was interesting to me? All right, so a little <laughs> so bit of a, a little bit, a yeah, a little bit of a lyric breakdown. What he said was, "This girl that I'm talking to now likes SZA, like mm-hmm. fantasizes about her." And his idea is like, "Well, you know, <laughs> I used to fuck with Shorty, and low key, give me the word, and she'd probably still be down. Like I could make that move for you if you want," which <laughs> indicates to me. Mm-hmm. That those lines of communication still open. are still open, or just Drake is that cocky? Like, oh yeah, I used to talk yeah. to Shorty. I, I, to. I think it's more just rap braggadocio, yeah, so. um, <laughs> like factual. But that's the, a wild thing to say on the track if you're still trying to get down. Well, like that. here's the thing: SZA's <laughs> reaction supported my theory. Mm. Do you know what she said? She didn't say. She didn't say. She didn't come at him like, "Oh, you a toxic nigga." Mm-hmm. She didn't say none of that. I low key think SZA's toxic though. We don't have to think. That's, I think it's I think it's confirmed. But do you do you remember what her reaction was? Uh, break it down for me. She was like, "Keep me out y'all's business." <laughs> she was not like she was like, "Yo, leave me out of it." So she ain't deny nothing. Yeah. She didn't. She ain't say I don't even like bitches. Like she ain't say nothing. She was just right. like, "Man, I'm busy right now." <laughs> Pretty much. So I thought that was an interesting reaction too. Um, uh, one other thing is. Do you know who probably has the best unreleased discography on the planet Earth? Unreleased in the discography? History of the planet. Do they have music out? Yes. Already they just have an unreleased discography nobody's heard? No, some, some, I think some folks have heard it, um, not mad. Listen. Are you going to let me guess it or you yeah, just go ahead. Can you give me a clue if it's a, a, a singer or a rapper? It's definitely a rapper. 
A rapper with the best unreleased catalog. I don't know, man. That, uh, that's a good question. I don't got to ask for you, brother. I'm going to say Drake. The reason why mm. I'm going to say Drake is, do you remember a few months ago when that leak came out where he was talking about where he was creeping with Kylie? Mm-mm. Where he was talking about he was creeping with Kylie on Travis on a song? And they the got a race release. Quick though, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I heard the actual clip. I just heard about it. I heard in the clip what I heard was him him saying Kylie's name and Travis's name and how he was creeping with Kylie mm. in the clip. And then they cut it off. Cause I think he was on live or something like that. And the song uh, played and they cut yeah. it the fuck off. And the song was crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> why I That's say Drake good, is yeah. because I think that he's the type of person that puts a lot of his life in his raps. Mm. Um, and I think that there's just some shit he just can't publicly release. Like he That's can't true. put it out. That's true. So it's not so much I know like got to push a couple pushes T distance. Exactly time. right. That's so I'm not thing. saying so much like the quality of banger, but mm-hmm. the content. Mm. He probably got the best unreleased content true. for sure. True. Um, anybody else? It might have to be somebody like. Um, Somebody who has worked with other people. So, yeah. like, I think Kanye probably got a That's lot of exactly what I was thinking, shit. Especially as far as when it comes to the sample shit. Yeah, Not yeah. Not just being able to get those released. Getting cleared and all of mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, a lot of producers and stuff probably have some really good unreleased um, unreleased discographies. But content-wise, I'm pretty sure it's Drake. Drake got a lot of rumor confirmations <laughs> in his, <laughs> his unreleased yeah, music, I'm pretty sure. That's, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so we can wrap up with our songs of the week real quick. I want to talk mm-hmm. about some of my favorite albums um, from this week. The Smoke Dizza album was a really good recommendation. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I listened to that shit. That yeah, shit was so yeah. hard. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It's like Smoke Dizza, that project was what you would want like Wiz and Currency and Big Sean, all them folks from that like 08, 09 mm, era to mm. be putting out today. Yeah, he definitely out of that class so far, he had the best album of the year. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah great Easily. features, too. Was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to Smoke. Kush God. Um, the Trey Songz album was some good mid. Started off strong. It petered out. <laughs> And it also does not, you, you said it, it is, the quality of this music does not match up to the level of his allegations. So that's why it also kind of contributes to the I, mid moniker. I think this is a situational album. Depending on what mm. situation you're in, the music is going to sound better. I guess it sounded better to me. I'm not going to say anything else outside of that. <laughs> say less. And then, uh, Reason, Reason's album was mm. really, really good. We had talked about Reason's album. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but we had talked about all those singles mm-hmm. that have, he had been releasing with mm-hmm. um, a lot of the TDA, TDE folks, the uh, Absol song, the fucking Vince song. Um, yeah. But yeah, his project was really fucking dope, bro. It was. It was, um, I think this may be his debut album, considered mm-hmm. his debut album. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was good. I, you don't really start, you don't really expect less from TDE artists. But I feel like out of the artists and him being a new guy, he didn't really get a lot of talk about his music, which I think it deserves more. Well, you got to remember, Reason is also in that 08-09 class. Is he? With Wiz, yep. You remember that song going, uh, Wiz's first Cabin Fever? Everything about me. Everything about me. Go ahead and do the whole song for us. Everything about me. Huh? I said go ahead and do the whole song for us. I, I never could. heard of it. 
But remember, Reza's tagline used to be "What?" He was in a bunch of them. No, songs. you're thinking. Of- <laughs> All right, I'm prob- that's problem. That's problem. That's problem. I'm sorry. Not. I'm thinking of problem. But Reason also was in that class. Reason was uh, in 0809 with on a bunch of them features with problem. Uh, problem and, is dope though. Yeah, problem. I fuck with problem. Chachi. Yeah. Uh, but he was on the. I, the reason why mm. I get them mixed up is because they're the syllables of their name. Reason gotcha. problem. Mm, but they were man. also on a lot of songs uh, back at 08 and 09 <laughs> in that in that kind of whiz big shot. Currency era. I guess I missed that But he wasn't signed to TDE back then See, I wasn't. thought this nigga started rapping like Maybe more like five years ago type of situation I didn't realize he's been doing it that long I feel like that's where he got signed to TDE And started taking mm. it more serious Cause like I heard his music before And it was not as polished as it sounds now right. So that's why I assumed he hadn't been rapping that long Yeah but, Okay Shout out to Reason. Um, let's get into our songs of the week. You want to go first? Yeah, since we were talking about Reason, and he's actually our song of the week, I feel it's only right that we play one of his songs. Let's do it. I was going to play a song, a slower song that he had called um, Slow Down, which I really like. It's kind of a storytelling, talking about some family issues, but I'm going to play some a little bit more up-tempo this week. So this is Favorite Nigga by Reason. Uh, yeah, it's a big Yeah. yeah, bitch on my dick, tell that hoe pop off Shawty dick, fill up easy and a color hot sauce I smell like pussy, I ain't even washed off Back to the money, I can't turn the block off Been the block in the coupe, I do lots in the booth Hit up I when I shoot, hit up I when I shoot Just wanna be breeze to the truth I can't blame a nigga, yeah I'm my favorite nigga, yeah The money ain't changing, nigga Slide on safe, ride through lanes Ride no base, couple chains on, no I'm not too safe Same niggas with me, no it's not gonna change Shake a bitch down like change, ooh Nigga been tied like waves, ooh Money cleaned up like maids, ooh No handout, catch fades, ooh No handout, catch fades, yeah My bitch got it made, yeah Niggas ain't want me to win, no Kick doors in like raids, yeah Kick doors in and flood, whoa Nigga shit rose out mud, whoa Came out blue like cuss, whoa You skin stepped on like rugs, whoa Now nigga feel like Denzel Niggas wanna be me, hoes wanna fuck me, yeah She can't touch me, yeah Yo bitch ugly, yeah You disgust me, yeah Yo bitch not my type, no, no You got lucky, yeah I get money like it's attached to me, bitch I got racks on me, bitch I got cash on me, bitch You still laugh at me, bitch That is Ooh, reason fade <laughs> Nice fade out, I see you Favorite nigga Check that album out. It's worth a listen. Definitely worth a listen. I was banging that on the way here, actually. Oh, okay. Um, that shit goes hard. Um, all right. So my song of the week uh, is making this viral rounds uh, on the interwebs. Um, this song is by Akeem Thomas, a.k.a. Kimi Casanova. Great name. Um, great name. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. You going to give us some info about the song? I'm not. Okay. Just going to play it. <laughs> all right. Uh, right on, baby. Right on. Uh, oh, I can take the fire, baby. You are now tuned in to the soft sounds of Keith and Cassie. Uh, 
Mac Daddy, let me get it started, talk my shit better Fat nigga, on a fraternity, I'm a big stepper I'm plain Jane, all y'all rock is designer Bitches throw pussies at me, all I rock is vaginas I just be laid back, all I got is recliners I wouldn't join the Navy shit, all I got is Rihanna <laughs> You jive turkeys, is frivolous, I'm a light, this a filament Slip your disc, I'm a krillin' it, I ain't feelin' it I'm a pimpin' the night, skin glistening eye Be in your kitchen making drinks and putting dick in your wife Keep me casting over the floating, got colder than Nova Scotia I'm rolling my motion, making your hoe let me motorboat her I'm a pimp tight nigga, with a mouthpiece Bitches tell me I'm a maid nigga, like a house key She remove her clothes and on the floor, it's where her blouse be Most of my bitches can't do a fucking thing without me Smackin' exquisite, don't believe in smackin' my bitches I just cut them off and put other ratchets back in position I'm a mathematician, subtracting and adding my digits I need accuracy, so don't you be distracting my bitches I'm a Mac with the accolades to prove it I tell all my bitches on a Saturday to move it And I done seen them all from the south of Kakalaki Mississippi, Arkansas, and back to Tallahassee I'm groovier than most players The slow stroker, the throat slayer Probably somewhere up in your hole, player And I keep a switchblade for niggas who get serious Cause if I break a nail on your Ass, I'ma be furious If niggas slacking on they mackin' And I'm packing when they lacking Then his hoe will be contacting me For casual relaxing Seducing a hoe is something That I'm usually for But I'm eating charcuterie And putting juice in my throat Just pimp on Baby, if you pimp on You can pimp strong In an effort to pimp long And a nigga like me Can take you far, baby Far are the soulful tunes of Kimi Casanova. You know, this song almost inspired an AKA for me, but I was not able to get it approved. Um, go back and listen to the song. Approved by wanna, who? Yeah. Approved by who? <laughs> if you want to figure out <laughs> what, my, what my almost AKA was. Uh, I definitely wasn't going to call you. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be, be wild. That would be <laughs> so maybe I'd help wild. you guys figure out what he's talking about. <laughs> <sighs> As fuck, but yeah, man. Shout out to Kimi Casanova. That that shit goes hard. It's uh, yeah. it's like a parody song that's actually fucking good as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to smooth. Him. I like it. Smooth as fuck. Um, all right. I think that's it. That's just about it. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Y'all get ready for the o- OTC episode this week. It's gonna be a really good one. Um, but yeah, man. You already know what it is for. This week's self-medicated podcast, I am your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter. Pump A.k.a. One Pop Poppy, a.k.a. The Bottom Feeder. It is the self-medicated podcast, and we out. We <laughs> out.